The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits. I know there's so much information out there, so I'm bringing on expert guests and sharing my own experiences to help you sift through all the wellness stuff without the BS. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. I am obsessed with today's episode. I had so much fun talking to my guest, Dr. Heather Rogers. And I have to say, this was the most fun I think I've had recording a beauty episode in a long time. I just really appreciated Dr. Rogers' candor and her bluntness. She gives it to us straight in this episode. There's no sugarcoating. She's not getting paid by, you know, big laser or big skincare to have any kind of bias. So we love and appreciate that. And I have to say, I started incorporating something that she suggested for me during this episode, and it made such a huge difference. And that was using glycolic acid on my body. I told her, because we were talking about sun damage and sun damage from two different angles or two different concerns. One was the skin color and then the other was the skin texture. I said that I don't have that much sun damage when it comes to color, but I have been noticing some crepiness in some of the folds of my skin on my body. And she said, oh, that's just glycolic acid. That'll help that right away. And I thought, I don't know. I feel like I need to do some lasers, blast it. Maybe I will in the future, but I started using glycolic. She said, I would notice a difference in three days. And I did. So we can trust her. Anyway, so we are talking a lot about, like I said, sun damage. We talk about specific lasers to do. We talk about how our skin can handle less as we age, which I thought was really interesting because we tend to follow this trajectory, right? We are aging. We're noticing new problematic areas. We're throwing more at it, but really our skin can handle less as we go. So we talk about scaling back. We talk a lot about procedures to avoid. We have similar views on some of them, like threads, radiofrequency, microneedling. She really gives us a lot of hot takes on what is worth it and what we should be skipping. We also talk about skincare, specific skincare ingredients to incorporate or avoid. We talk how to get long-lasting results. Again, like I said, we talk about resurfacing treatments. People always ask me about what laser to use for what concern, and we go over a lot of that in the episode and so much more. Let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Rogers because I forgot to do that in the top of the intro. She is the founder of Dr. Rogers Skincare. She's a double board certified dermatologic surgeon who sees patients full time at her practice in Seattle, Washington. She is a clinical assistant professor at the University of Washington Division of Dermatology, and she lectures internationally on skincare aesthetics, surgery, and improving patient outcomes. She is amazing. I told her I'm going to come visit her in the winter to do some lasers. She likes to be aggressive, which I love. So we're going to blast my body and my face with lasers. <laughs> and I think you guys are going to love her too. So please enjoy Dr. Heather Rogers. Welcome, Dr. Rogers. Hi, very happy to be here. <laughs> Hi, I'm excited to talk to you. We were just talking before we started recording about what we were going to discuss today. And you and I seem to agree on a few things. You as a provider and as a doctor and 
myself as a patient and I consider myself kind of a beauty guinea pig and for better or worse, I've tried all the things. So it'll be really fun to get into that and talk about procedures and skincare and all of that. But why don't you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself to start? Awesome. So my name is Heather Rogers. I'm a practicing dermatologist in Seattle. I started a practice here in 2015 with um, Dr. James Collier called Modern Dermatology. So it's five physicians, five dermatologists, and we see a lot of patients and I'm the proceduralist of the group. So I do the big skin cancer surgeries. I do the big CO2s. I do the big, hard, bloody things. And I love it. And I love making people's skin beautiful. But when you do those sorts of procedures, you beat people up. And it became really important to me to have sort of post-care that was worth using. And sort of the people who know me, I'm I'm particular. So like I couldn't find an office that I love. So I had to start one and I couldn't find a skincare line that met my criteria. So I had to start one. So I practice full time. I have a skincare line called Dr. Rogers that's really made for people who want elevated, excellent results, but that are safe and sustainable. Like I I really want things that you can use when your skin is healthy, but also you can use when your skin isn't healthy. You're known as the doctor who can stop time, right? So what are some of your modalities that you use to do that? So it requires a great deal of commitment from the patient as well as from the physician. And my patients come in and we have year-long treatment plans and we go over them every year and we update them and we tweak them as we need to. 90% of aging comes from the sun. So I sort of universally ruin the sun for people. Like if you can't wear sunscreen, if you can't wear a hat, I can't work magic for you. And I think is that's hard to hear, but once you hear hear that and and accept that the skin is resilient and beautiful and really has its own ability to heal itself as long as you aren't messing it up. I like to make the skin do as much of the work as possible. Do I use neuromodulators? Yes. Do I use filler? Yes. But I'm a very big fan of regenerative processes. So I like PRP. I like radiofrequency, not with microneedling, but by itself. I'm a big fan of M-Face. So if I can get the body to do the majority of the work, then I really only have to do tweaks with foreign things. And I feel like that becomes a much more long-lasting natural result. And that's how I keep people from changing, is I'm not Mm -hmm. actually overchanging their face and maintaining their face. Yeah, I talk about this a lot. And, you know, I've done a lot of procedures over the years. My listeners know my story. I got sober 10 years ago and I saw a selfie of myself. I wasn't even looking in the mirror. I was seeing a picture of myself through sober eyes (laughs) and seeing what I looked like after 10 years of extremely hard partying, being up for days, smoking a pack a day, I'm from yeah, New no. England, where in the early 2000s, it was trendy to be as tan as humanly possible. And I always say we would go to the tanning booth before going to the beach, or we would go to the tanning booth twice a day in the winter, no sunscreen. Like, So at 28 years old, when I came to and I saw myself, I was like, whoa. And so I've done a lot of lasers. I've done surgeries over the years, Botox, filler, all of that. But I've come to a place where I've realized as I'm in my late 30s now that The skin is the most important thing because that is your canvas. If you're not taking care of that, no surgery, no Botox, no filler, no laser, whatever you do. I mean, lasers can help with sun damage and texture and all of that, but it's not going to be as effective. Like those things should be the cherry on top of all of the care that you're putting into taking care of your skin. 
Exactly. I love that about you. And like people can go get a facelift, but if they have sun damaged, wrinkly skin with terrible texture, they're just going to look weird, right? Like Mm. in some ways you can look at that weathered face and say, that's beautiful. That's a face that has like progressed through these experiences. But then you take that weathered face and you redrape it. Then it looks comical, right? Then it looks fake. Taut and weathered. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just not like, and that's what you don't, and all of this technology is better a little bit of a lot of things. And I think people are like, oh, I love Fraxel. I'm just going to do Fraxel. And you're like, but that's not going to address the other 60%, right? So you have to have a well-rounded treatment plan where you're doing a little bit of a lot of different things. And then exactly what you said is like, you, we've all looked in the mirror and been like, wow, you know, I'm looking a little bit different. My eyebrows have dropped because of too much Botox. My cheeks are too wide because of too much filler. And so we really want to use those after the canvas is taken care of, after you've been able to contour to the best that you can with other modalities. And then, yeah, we don't want to furrow there. We want the tails of our eyes to go up. That kind of stuff is beautiful without making you look strange. How much of the lasers, like especially the radio frequency, I've had a lot of surgeons on my show And they all have similar but kind of little variations in their use and their application of these lasers. But it seems like the general consensus is that it really depends on the patient. So something like a radio frequency is going to depend on your own body's ability to produce collagen and to heal, right? So for one person, something like radio frequency with microneedling, Morpheus, which everybody seems to be doing and thinking that it's a panacea. (laughs) She just made a face, everybody. For some people, it might be okay. It might produce, you know, a little bit of a result, whereas for somebody else, it could be devastating. Very much so. So everyone heals differently. And it's the same thing when I do surgery and I got out of skin cancer, like I do the same thing for everyone. And some of my scars are perfect and not visible. And some of them, it takes multiple lasers to get them to the same place. And so if you have thin, like people always tell me I have beautiful skin, which is very kind of them, but I don't, I, I take such good care of my skin, right? Because, and that actually is why I think I'm a good dermatologist is that I am a canary in the coal mine. If I do a procedure to myself, it takes me four times as long to heal from it. I actually do all of my procedures to myself because no one wants to touch me because I am a disaster, right? So you have to get to know someone and how they respond to things. And if you have thin skin, I'm not going to max out my CO2 laser on you. I'm going to use really gentle settings. If you have really thin skin, you don't have that many fibroblasts to make collagen, right? in your dermis. And so it doesn't matter how much I simulate them with radio frequency, I'm only going to be able to get so much of a response. Now that doesn't mean it's not worth it because fundamentally you want the best that you can get. But what, I mean, this is the thing that I always joke is like men respond so well to these treatments. You of see the two ladies, they're a man's face and it's thick and it's like got all those hair follicles and they like tighten for a year and a half. But you take someone like you and I who have like thin white girl skin, mm-hmm. we got to, we got to proceed really slowly and gently and that's okay. That's all you and I can take. So that's what we're going to go with. But if you don't have a provider who understands that and thinks more is better, max out the settings, we're going to do this one and done, you can have complications. And I see a lot of those complications and I try to fix them. But same thing with people with different pigments. Like as a general rule, sort of the darker your skin is, the higher risk it is using 
a laser with heat, right? Because you're going to get pigmentation. People of Japanese descent oftentimes pigment more than people of Chinese or Korean descent. So you have to know your person. You have to know their family history. You have to know the device you're using and proceed very, very cautiously. And conversely, hypopigmentation. Like I've seen devastating IPL hypopigmentation on people who have olive or tan skin. And it's like, who did that to you? I'm a layman. And I feel like I know, you know, that it targets the melanin in your skin. So if you're darker, it's it's not just targeting the, the little spot. It's the entire area around that. Completely. And the number one cause of lawsuits in the United States is laser hair removal and IPL. Oftentimes it's the same device. And it's because people are using settings that they shouldn't use on people with pigment in their skin. And they actually burn the skin. And then that burn skin peels off and they get white spots. Mm -hmm. And over time, we usually can fix that, but it can take 18 months. It can take three years of constant like turnover, using some sort of exfoliant to get that pigment back into their skin. And even if you're someone who has lighter skin, but it's tan, if you get laser hair removal in the summer versus in the winter, the laser has to be turned down. And if your provider doesn't know that and does your winter settings on your summer skin, you can get blisters and burns. You really have to be careful. In general, I even though I live in Washington and everyone is very pale, I turn off my lasers from, from Memorial Day to Labor Day because it's just not worth it. Like it's just, Mm -hmm. we do a lot of injections, we do a lot of procedures, but those devices that treat brown, I really don't want people spending their money on during the summer because I'm going to have to do it in the fall anyways. And the risk to them is higher. Yes. I once went to get IPL when I had a little bit of a tan and I, since I got sober, I'm I'm very diligent about skincare, sun protection, all of that. Um, But I did have a a little bit of color and I didn't even really realize it at this time. And I got IPL and I had patches all over. And so a girlfriend of mine who's an aesthetics nurse practitioner said to go out in the sun for 15 minutes with no SPF every morning to try to stimulate some of that melanin. And I was like, well, now I'm doing the thing that I was trying to get rid of. Like lesson learned on that one. (laughs) But also if you or any of your your listeners get that striping, you immediately go back to the person who striped you and they need to turn down the settings and they need to keep treating you. So Mm. what you did is you brought the brown back. What (laughs) I do is I remove the brown that's left, right? Mm -hmm. And so instead of making someone go in the sun, I believe it's the provider's responsibility to crank down the setting so you're not going to get worse striping, but you are going to get rid of that residual brown. So you lighten the squares by removing the brown Mm -hmm. outside of it. And that will make it go away. But if someone's going to take your money and stripe you, they better be able to fix the problem. Yeah. Hot tip, everybody. (laughs) I feel like we probably just saved a few people. Yeah. And don't feel bad. Like, don't feel bad. Like mm-hmm. we, the providers are here to give you a result. We need to educate you and we need to hold your hand and we need to fix a problem that we create. And the good providers will do that and be really happy that you came back to them. Whether it's weight management, a better metabolism, hormone regulation, bone health, the benefits of a high-protein diet are abundant. I have been talking about this so much lately, but most of us aren't getting enough protein in our diets as is. I know that it's a real struggle because whenever I post about it on Instagram, I get a lot of DMs from people who are making an effort to incorporate more protein into their diets. And one area where most people, including myself formerly, get 
caught is in snacking. So I know I used to be able to get a decent amount of protein breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But then throughout the day when I was hungry and needed to snack on something, I would grab for a really sugary bar where I would end up eating things like chips or crackers. Nothing wrong with any of this, by the way, but everything in moderation, right? And I have found that switching to a high protein snack really keeps me satiated and keeps me off of that blood sugar roller coaster throughout the day. So my favorite snack right now is chomps. I am obsessed with their turkey sticks. I have at least one a day. So I started eating these because Harley is stocked with them at his gym and it's the perfect post-workout snack. It's so much better in my opinion than something like a smoothie because again, it's not going to spike my blood sugar and I'm not going to crash after. So Chomps Tasty Meat Sticks are packed with mouthwatering flavor and only the best real ingredients. Each stick has the protein that your body needs. So over nine grams per stick without any unhealthy additives and zero sugar. They are low-carb, keto-friendly, allergy-friendly, and don't contain any fillers. They are simply made with natural ingredients you can feel good about. I am telling you guys, if you switch to a high-protein snack like this, you are going to notice such a huge difference when it comes to your appetite, your energy, your blood sugar, all of that. So Chomps come in nine flavors, so there's something for everyone, or you can grab a variety pack to satisfy your whole family's taste buds. They are great on their own. You can also pair them with everything from fruit to hummus to crackers, whatever you want for that perfect daily snack. So right now, Chomps is offering my listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash blonde. Go to chomps.com slash blonde to see all the delicious flavors and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com slash blonde. Don't forget to use my link so they know I sent you. We are now in absolute crunch time when it comes to holiday shopping. We have a few days left to get those last minute gifts. And if you are scrambling and not finding anything, definitely go check out Urban Outfitters. You can celebrate all the special people in your life with the best holiday gifts. They have so much variety. I'm sure you have all been to an Urban Outfitters at some point, but they have gifts for her, gifts for him, gifts by price. They have their top picked gifts for you. So they're at the top of the list for a reason. You can shop their most popular styles to find the most celebrated gifts of the season and find gifts for everyone on your list. If you are not sure where to start, browse their holiday gift guide to pick out the perfect thing for everyone on your list, or you can shop their most loved brands or find unique picks that will make your loved ones think of you. So whether you want something cozy like a throw blanket or a warm sweater or something more unexpected, you can find it at Urban Outfitters. In fact, the best gifts are Urban Outfitters gifts. And while you're shopping, add in the gift that everybody wants, an Urban Outfitters gift card. So shop urbanoutfitters.com and receive an additional 10% off when you use the code ARIEL10 at checkout. Again, that's urbanoutfitters.com and receive an additional 10% off when you use the code ARIEL10 at checkout. Happy holidays. How resilient is our skin. So I know a lot of my listeners are around my age, maybe mid to late 30s. And then of course, women in their 20s who want to know, 
about prevention and how to best take care of their skin and then women who are in their 40s, 50s, 60s. But for people kind of around my age group who did the tanning beds, did the sunbathing, you know, burning ourselves to a crisp, whatever the lifestyle thing was, to what extent does our skin and our body have the ability to heal? And when do we need to start, you know, doing some of these procedures? So your skin is so much healthier now than it was 10 years ago, right? Mm -hmm. So even though we're aging, as we become healthier people, our skin becomes healthier. And you can't overstate that when you're for me, my 30s, I'm in late 40s at this point, I'm 47. But like when you're in your 30s in particular, I feel as if life is really challenging. You're trying to decide, are you going to have kids? Can you have kids? You have little kids, you aren't getting any sleep. You're trying to figure out your career. Like self-care is something you really have to prioritize or it goes by the wayside. And people age. They age actually pretty quickly if they can't figure those things out. And my joke is, is I don't care how deep your forehead lines are. If I get my hands on you before you're 42, I can make them go away. So I don't want people to say, oh, God, the damage is already done. I you know, worked in a tanning salon in my college years. But you have to at some point stop and start taking care of yourself. And that is both internally as well as exteriorly. You got to get your sleep. You got to wear your sunscreen. And then you really and you know, we can talk about this now. You really only need five things, five skincare steps. And if you're doing those things, if you're getting your sleep, if you're eating a well-rounded diet, if you're taking care of your skin, our skin is so resilient. Our skin is actually this magical, beautiful thing. And sadly, a lot of what we do to it actually doesn't give us the results we want because it's not good for our skin, which is why you want to do less, do quality and not keep damaging that skin barrier. Yeah. I actually feel like my skin is definitely not just on my face, on my body is definitely mm -hmm. better than it was 10 years ago. And I kind of keep waiting for the damage to appear. I mean, I've lasered it all off, the obvious damage. I mean, I really didn't wear SPF until I was like 28. And I really was so dark for so many years. But it's not over. That's the yeah. wonderful thing is like, yes, will you have more damage than if you didn't do that? Yes. But our mm -hmm. body's ability to heal itself is just like a bone, just like a muscle. Our skin has that. And so when you're, you know... 45, 50, you might get a couple of skin cancers from that naughtiness, right? Mm -hmm. Because the mutations from the sun do sort of catch up with us. But in general, if you stop damaging your skin, it allows your skin to start healing what you did in the past and you can mm -hmm. actually catch up. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's great to know. And yes, I get checked every six months. Dr. Beruzin, shout out. <laughs> Very on top of that. What are some mistakes that you see people make when it comes to their skin. I heard you talk about something that I found to be really interesting on another podcast. And that was that you said, as we age, our skin's ability to handle certain things, certain ingredients, certain treatments actually diminishes. And I think it's kind of counterintuitive because we think, well, as we age, we need to be doing all this stuff, but really our skin can't handle it in the same way that it could when we were younger. So Maybe you can talk about that and maybe some other common misconceptions or things that you think people make mistakes with when it comes to their approach totally. to their skincare. So when we are about 25 is when our skin is as thick and as beautiful and as oily and turns over sort of as quickly as it can. It's really sort of 15 to 25. Starting at 25, that starts to slow down. 
So our skin gets less thick, it gets less oily. And when your skin is less thick and less oily, more is going to penetrate it. It is not going to provide as much protection. So when you're 25, you might be able to tolerate prescription tretinoin. But as more and more of that chemical penetrates your skin, you're not going to be able to tolerate it because you're actually getting too much into your skin. So you actually have to pull back and you have to do less to get the same result. And so even though you want more of a result, you can't ask more of your skin to get you there because it's going to get irritated because you're you're putting too many chemicals into it. So as you age, your skin gets thinner. As your skin gets thinner, as you put chemicals on it, it's actually going to make your skin absorb more of those chemicals and absorbing more of those chemicals puts you at risk of irritation. And if you are born with sensitive skin, if you're born with eczema, you learn this at a much younger age. But where it's brutal is the person who's like, I had perfect skin at 25. I could do anything to it. And it's amazing. They then age to 35 and all of a sudden they can't use all the products, all the serums, all the toners. And that's when I get my hands on them. And that's when they fall in love with me and they fall in love with my skincare line (laughs) is that your skin only wants a little bit of good stuff to help it do its job because it's actually really good at its job. And if you have a seven-step regimen with a toner and a spritzer, an exfoliator, a manual exfoliator, a chemical exfoliator, a retinol, you are just undoing all of the good work that your skin is trying to do. And I have so many patients who have unlimited income, unlimited ability to use whatever they want, and they're coming in with irritated, rashy skin that they're doing to themselves. And that inflammation breaks down collagen and ages the skin. So they're spending all this time and money trying to stop something that they're actually causing. And that's where the beauty industry and FOMO really gets a hold of us. People want you to buy their products. So they're always launching new products because the new hot thing is so much fun. But just like everything, 95% of the stuff out there, you don't really want. You don't want 90% of the clothes. You don't want 95% of the doctors. You don't want 95% of the skincare. And I really want people to slow their roll, think about what's really, really important and introduce things to their skin really one thing at a time with a very clear goal of what they're trying to achieve with that product. Yeah. One thing that I heard you talk about was the double cleanse. I feel Mm -hmm. like the double cleanse really had a moment there. And you said you don't want a deep cleanse. You don't want the perfect cleanse. And I was like, I need more information on this. So tell us why we don't want the deep, perfect cleanse. So we are obsessed with cleanliness, right? I don't know if you read the book clean, but like we really have become obsessed with cleanliness. We did not evolve. We did not live in a world where we were so clean and stripping your skin of all those good organisms of all of that good oil actually takes away from that protective barrier that allows your skin to deal with the world and the heat and the cold and the sun. And so, yes, if you're putting sunscreen on in the morning, I want you to wash it off at night. If you're putting makeup on in the morning, I want you to wash it off at night. But the rubbing and the application of multiple different surfactants and things that actually are going to strip your skin takes off that bad stuff, but then takes off so much good stuff that you have to really spend, your body has to spend the rest of the night replacing it before you get up in the morning and do it again to yourself. So this idea of squeaky clean isn't beneficial to you. But also if we go back historically, when soap first came out, it was really, really basic. So it had a really high pH. We'd wash our face with that. It would raise the pH of our face, taking away that acid mantle that is actually protective of your skin. So then in the 70s, like sea breeze and toners were introduced Mm -hmm. to try to get your 
skin acidic again. So you'd wash it, you would make it really basic, you'd use a toner to make it acidic again, and then you'd move on to your next step. Then in the sort of late 80s, we got gentle cleansers, we got Cetaphil, we got these things that didn't foam, that had less surfactants. So you're not now rising the pH, right? Because you actually aren't using something that's so basic, but it doesn't clean very well. So as it got more and more gentle, then they're like, oh my God, this doesn't work. Now we have to double cleanse because we took soap and made it so gentle that it actually doesn't do its job. Mm. So now there's sort of starting to be a pushback against that because all that friction, all of that rubbing on your skin isn't particularly good for it. The fragrance in so many of those oil cleansers isn't good for you. And so what you want is you want one face cleanser that works for you, takes off your makeup and doesn't strip your skin. And it is okay if it's not squeaky clean. You just want it to be clean enough so that your night treatment and your moisturizer can get in there and do its job. Mm -hmm. I wasn't alive in the 70s, but when you said Seabreeze, I had a flashback because that was definitely (laughs) a thing when I was in middle school and high school. I could smell it when you said that. Mm -hmm. right the sailboat and the light blue the whole yes yeah yeah yep you know there are sometimes these things that you would never think of again in your life and then it's like whoa it just brings you right back but I want to go back to something that you said in the beginning of that which is that our skin has to spend the whole night replacing essentially what it lost what are some of those things is it just the oil or oil and ph or, or what exactly does it have to replace that's being stripped away so our skin is like multiple different layers, right? There's actually our skin, which is the epidermis and the dermis. And the top layer of the epidermis is dead skin cells held together with something called the natural moisturizing factor. Very creative name. So Mm -hmm. that is where ceramides live. That's where squalene lives. That's really important. And if you do too good of a job of cleaning your skin or mechanically exfoliating your skin, you're going to strip that off. And then the living cells underneath are going to lose water. And water is the most important ingredient for our skin. That's why people are obsessed with hyaluronic acid. Like if you don't have a good moist environment, your skin cells can't heal themselves. That's why you put Vaseline or my healing balm on Band-Aids. Like you want to hold the water there. So if you overwash it, you strip off that important natural moisturizing factor. But also this double cleansing thing injures your skin barrier or your biome. And that's something that we talk a lot about where it's the organisms, it's bacteria, it's yeast, it's actually, you know, mites that live on your skin in a symbiotic positive way. And if you get rid of them, they actually prevent the bad things from growing because they're your friends. (laughs) So you have the good stuff. And if you kill the good stuff, the bad stuff grows. And that's when you get staph infections. That's when your rosacea flares. So even though it sounds gross, You want these wonderful, beautiful organisms on your skin. And what they do is they keep the pH of your skin low or acidic so that the bad stuff can't grow. So if you over clean your skin, it actually makes it easier for the bad organisms to grow than raising your pH even further. And that becomes this horrible cycle. Hmm. Interesting. So what are some ingredients that everybody should be using after they do this gentle cleanse that removes makeup, sunscreen, whatever impurities. I know that you talk a lot about bakuchiol, which is something that I know is better for more mature skin, right? Like older skin when you can't necessarily handle the tretinoin anymore. Tell us about bakuchiol and any other ingredients that we should be looking for. And I know that you use that in your skincare too. Yes. Um, So (laughs) 
at night, you should do a treatment. And I refer to treatments as sort of actives that you should only use when your skin is healthy. So if your skin's irritated, if your rosacea is flaring, don't do this. But if your skin is feeling pretty good and you want to make it look even better, you want to exfoliate your skin. The gold standard for that is prescription tretinoin. And that's a great product. It's what we've studied the most. And if you can tolerate it, you, you use that. Don't buy my treatment. Get your prescription tretinoin and use it. As we age, or if you have sensitive skin or thin skin to begin with, prescription tretinoin can be very inflammatory. It can cause something called retinoid dermatitis where you get really, really flaky. And so it might, it just actually can make you look worse than better for a group of individuals. Then we go into a group of over-the-counter ingredients, and one of them is bakuchiol. And the reason why I love bakuchiol is it actually activates the same receptors as tretinoin. It also works through a slightly different pathway. So it goes through two different pathways. Ways. It doesn't have the inflammation associated with it that tretinoin does. It doesn't break down in the sun or with air exposure like tretinoin does and retinol does. So it's just a much more stable thing. If you're going to be buying products from the store or online, you want ingredients that are going to stick around and work after you open them. So it's better tolerated. It is more stable and it gives really similar, if not equivalent results in regards to promoting collagen production, lightening brown spots, helping with texture. Another amazing ingredient that you talk about that we all have heard of is glycolic acid. And glycolic acid, for people who cannot tolerate tretinoin, glycolic acid is a wonderful thing. It's a humectant. It plumps up your skin. It helps with texture. It helps with brown. And my night treatment has a combination of bakucha and glycolic acid because they work really synergistically together. There's salicylic acid. Salicylic acid is great if you have big pores, oily skin. If you have thin skin, sensitive skin, salicylic acid is going to dry you out and it's not going to be your friend. Other good ingredients that you can consider, we didn't really talk about it, but is retinol. Tretinoin is the um, prescription version of it. Retinol is the pre-drug to tretinoin, and you can buy that over the counter. Then your body has to convert that into tretinoin. So it's about 10 times weaker than the prescription tretinoin, but it still has that risk of irritation that tretinoin carries, and it's also very unstable. Okay. So I was going to ask how retinol compares to bakuchiol. If tretinoin is 10 times stronger, where does bakuchiol fall in that? In the studies, they looked at 0.05% bakuchiol with 0.05% retinol, and it was Hmm. equivalent. So bakuchiol and retinol are equivalent, both about 10 times weaker than tretinoin if you want to go by percentages. But the other thing that you have to consider and when people talk about specific ingredients, it's like it's about so much more than that. You want a good ingredient, but what is the ingredient mixed in, right? If your retinol is in a gel, it's going to be much more drying than if your retinol is in a cream base. So you want to make sure that the delivery agrees with your skin. If you have oily skin, you want the gel. If you have dry skin, you want the cream base. And then you want to follow whatever treatment you do with a moisturizer to seal in the good stuff, but also to give your skin what it needs to protect itself while it's processing sort of the instructions you've given it. Got it. When it comes to supplementation and health guidelines, a lot of the recommendations are based on studies done on men, which obviously is not great for women. So women were excluded from clinical research by federal law until 1993, which is 
absolutely crazy. Women belong in scientific research. They are essential. And Ritual knows this. They conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18-plus multivitamin to assess its efficacy. And the results were that it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And if you have not listened to my episode with Kat Schneider, the founder of Ritual, go back and listen to that episode. I believe it was in August or September. You will learn some truly shocking facts about supplements and why it's so important to know where your ingredients are coming from and know what is actually in your supplements. So many of the supplements on the market are extremely misleading in their claims to say the least. So go check that out. So Ritual's multivitamin is made with high quality and traceable key nutrients in clean bioavailable forms. They have nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. They also have a unique beadlet and oil capsule technology that is patented. It's delayed release. So it makes it really gentle on an empty stomach. And it is USP verified, meaning what's on the label is what is in the formula. Again, go back and listen to that episode. It is one of my favorites. It's so, so fascinating. Rituals multivitamin is also soy-free, gluten-free, vegan-friendly, and formulated without GMOs. And my favorite part is that it has a minty essence in every bottle, so it keeps things fresh, and it helps taking your vitamins every day actually enjoyable. So Ritual is all about hot data and stone cold facts. Get to know your nutrients on a deeper level with 30% off during your first month. Visit ritual.com slash blonde to start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. After having Dr. Jordan Geller on my podcast and other experts this year, I am really making a concerted effort to not only be more cognizant of the things that I put in my body, but also be more cognizant of the products that I use, what they come in. We have such a high exposure to things like microplastics. And something that people don't think about is that, for example, toothpaste usually comes in a plastic tube. So that is something that you are putting in your mouth probably twice a day. Not only do you swallow five to seven percent of that toothpaste every single time you brush your teeth, but it's also sitting in a plastic tube. So I have switched over to Bite and I absolutely love it. So most commercial toothpastes are filled with harsh chemicals, artificial flavors, and preservatives, not stuff you would want to be putting in your mouth, let alone eating. So that is why Bite makes dry toothpaste tablets made with clean ingredients that are sulfate-free, palm oil-free, and glycerine-free. Bite toothpaste bits are so convenient. You just pop a bit in your mouth, you chew it up, and you start brushing, and it will turn into a paste just like you are used to, but with no plastic tube and no messy paste. If you are skeptical, let me just say my teeth feel so much cleaner and compared to other quote unquote clean toothpaste that I was using, I just feel like I get a way 
deeper clean. And sometimes I feel like those are just really not effective. The other amazing thing about Bite is that they come in refillable glass jars and they send refills in compostable pouches. So they're better for our bodies and for our earth. Bite makes plastic-free alternatives for everything on your bathroom sink from toothpaste to mouthwash, toothbrushes, and even deodorant so you can cut out the harsh chemicals and plastic waste without compromise. And Bite's sleek glass bottles and jars also look amazing on your vanity and elevate your shelfie game. So no hiding gooey plastic tubes up in here. Bite is offering my listeners 20% off your first order. Go to trybite.com slash blonde or use the code BLONDE at checkout to claim this deal. That's T-R-Y-B-I-T-E dot com slash BLONDE. Trybyte.com slash BLONDE for 20% off your first order. And then in the daytime or the morning, are in we cleansing morning. in the morning? I know that you have a daytime serum, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not a daytime cleanser girl. Okay. So... In the morning, you only wash your face if you wake up shiny and oily. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, a little bit of shine, a little bit of oil is great for you. And you splash your face with water. Then you dry your face and you put on your morning treatment. And morning treatment is just a general term for those antioxidant serums, right? So we're looking at primarily vitamin C, vitamin C mixed with ferulic acid, mixed with vitamin E, things that are going to protect your skin from future damage. That's what that antioxidants do in the morning. The nighttime treatment reverses damage that you've had. The -hmm. morning treatments prevent future damage. Mm -hmm. So for people who are really proactive wanting to slow their aging process, splash your face with water, apply a morning treatment with vitamin C, and really the studies with vitamin C, there's multiple different types. L-exorbic acid is the one that's been studied the most. It's pretty irritating. It's pretty unstable. And I think we all have heard horror stories of people being like, I've been told to use vitamin C. So I used a 20% vitamin C and I burned off my mm-hmm. face, right? <laughs> like that's, we don't need, you don't need 20%. Ideally you would have about 10%. And there is a lipid form of vitamin C that is better tolerated called THD. And it penetrates really well. It's less likely to irritate and gives really nice results. And that's what's in my morning serum. But that's mixed with something called acetyl zingarone, which is a powerful antioxidant. And then this other thing that has this really long name, cyanobutyl acetate anthracene dilidine. That is amazing at actually preventing the free radicals from forming in the first place. So it actually works even before the antioxidants. So it's a really powerful combination. But you want something that agrees with your skin that's not going to irritate you, that has vitamin C in it, something to stabilize the vitamin C. And you want to put that in what I refer to as your very important places. So anything that people see on a daily basis, so we're talking face, neck, chest, really down to your nipples, backs of your hands. And I think people are like, oh, I need a neck cream and a hand. No, you don't. You just treat them all like your face because they all get the sun exposure and they all represent you. You want to treat them all the same. Then you follow that with a moisturizer. I'm not a believer of sunscreen and moisturizer together. And we can talk about that. (laughs) Then you follow it with your sunscreen. And then if you choose to wear makeup, you do makeup and you go about your day. But your morning is splash with water, antioxidant treatment, moisturizer, sunscreen. Your night regimen is you have to wash your face. Then you use your night treatment if your skin's feeling healthy. And then you use a moisturizer and then you go to bed. And Mm -hmm. that's really it. I'm just sitting here thinking about all my morning and nighttime skincare routine videos. I'm saving you so much time. I know. I tell everyone because so like people just try to skewer me in the comments and I'm like, I enjoy it. 
and it works for me. <laughs> like, well, and, and that's, that's that. But but I don't like people don't have to do that. Like that's that's the bottom line. It is self care. First mm-hmm. of all, second of all, you are incredibly brave for putting it out there. And like, <laughs> you know, it's that quote. I only want to hear from people who are in the arena with me. If you're willing to get in there and like share your wisdom and connect with people, I want to connect with you. Otherwise, go complain in the corner. It's so easy to complain, right? Yes. Yes. And they're mostly like half my age, like young little kids on TikTok. And I'm like, when did everybody become a skincare expert. I mean, I'm definitely not one, but anyway, that could be a whole other episode. But let's talk about moisturizer and sunscreen. So I am on the side of any sunscreen is better than no sunscreen. But for Mm -hmm. me, for my family, for my patients, I really try to get them to use zinc. And the reason for that is the chemical sunscreens that are available in the United States, we absorb at a higher amount than we thought. We don't know if that does anything. We just know that the percentages in our blood, in our urine, in our breast milk are significantly 10 times higher than we thought that they were. And Mm -hmm. there is a concern that some of them do play a role in activating our estrogen receptors. So there is concern that women who are pregnant with high levels of chemical sunscreen, it can actually affect the development of the testes. Like this is primarily studies that have been done in animals, but there's enough sort of interesting suggestion of data that if there's another option, I want people to use it who are putting it all over their body on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Zinc is a huge chemical that sits on top of your skin. So if it's mixed with your moisturizer, your moisturizer is not getting into your skin and zinc is actually quite drying. So you want a good moisturizer on to protect your skin from that zinc. And then the zinc goes on top. I love zinc and makeup. Like I think makeup sunscreen can go together. And I think we've made a lot of progress in having elegant, cosmetically easy to use sunscreen-based makeup, but your moisturizer gets its own step, just like your vitamin C gets its own step. And these like three for one, four for one products, they're fun, but they don't, don't work as well. And I feel like as we age, we deserve to get the best in class in each and use them appropriately. So let's talk about some treatments and procedures. I think One of the big ones that people always ask me about, at least, is about sun damage, sunspots. We kind of talked about what we can do topically, but what interventions do you like to try to erase that sun damage that we were talking about? So I joke that sun damage is easy. I can, sun damage, I can crush. Gravity, right, is is the trickier one. So -hmm. let's talk about sun damage first, then we can talk about gravity second, because those are the two signs of father time that I'm fighting every day. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody has a bunch of brown spots, like gentle resurfacing is going to make their skin look better. And actually, I would love to hear, I think you've had a clear and brilliant, right? That's Mm -hmm. the baby resurfacing. So if you don't have a lot of damage, I like people to do clear and brilliance. I would say half of my patients do them twice a year, sort of in March and in October. And that way they sort of clean up what happens in the summer. They get fresh for the holidays. And then usually by March, people are starting to feel dull again and they want to have another one. That's not going to get rid of like the big brown spots, but it is going to help with the little brown spots texture and just sort of making your skin be glowy. Whenever you can afford it, treat your face, neck and chest the same. Like these, you know, as we age and we keep taking care of our face, this starts to age. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I encourage people to use two cards on the clear and brilliant and get this whole area treated at the same time. If you have a lot of brown, clear and brilliant is not going to be enough for you. And that's when we go into IPL, intense pulse light, BBL, 
And what that is, is that is actually not even a laser. It's a light that's focused to hit red and brown. And so often if you have a lot of brown, you also have broken blood vessels. You have telangiectasias around your nose and the um, resurfacing lasers aren't going to help with that. So IPL, when done by somebody who is good at what he or she's doing, you should see a 50% improvement with one treatment. I don't sell them in packages in my office. You come in, you get one. I beat you up. Like it's, it's, you're going to be peely, get coffee grounds, the whole thing. Same thing. If you can treat your face, neck and chest the same, and that's going to address those browns much more significantly. The problem is, is once your body's decided it wants a brown spot somewhere, it's going to make that brown spot again. And it doesn't really matter what you do to stop it. It wants to make the brown. So if you laser everything off and then go directly out in the sun, that brown spot's going to come directly back. If you aren't going into the sun as much, if you're using a, you know, a product that inhibits the formation of brown, like hydroquinone or a bleaching agent, that's going to give you those results for longer, but that propensity will always be with you. And you sort of mm. have to accept that. Yes. I love Clear and Brilliant. I love Fraxel. I did Fraxel Dual this year, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, IPL was a game changer for me, like when it came to those brown spots and just I and the backs have... of the hands and mm-hmm. the arms. Like I do, I like dip people's bodies in IPL. Right, we just do the whole thing. I'm coming to see you. In a way, <laughs> <laughs> I might come go on up. We can do for New Year's, and then once that goes away, I'm going to come see. <laughs> All right, come up. Well, we can do a show from up here. We can film it. It'll be awesome. I wish I would do that in a heartbeat. I have a beautiful office and there, you know, I have a secret back door so we can get you in, get you out. It'll be great. Not even kidding. I'm doing this Um, because when I go to get laser, I want to be beat up. I don't want to go in for a series of five Fraxels or IPLs or whatever. Yeah. Nobody has time. And my skin, like I'm, I'm a really good recoverer so I can like handle really kind of intense laser. Thank God, even though I'm very fair, but maybe that's why I can handle it. I'm not sure. Um, well, no, but and I, I think you're probably are taking care of your skin, right? So, mm-hmm. so then the same thing, let's move on from there, right? So clear and brilliant. Then we go to Fraxel, Fraxel, mm-hmm. Fraxel dual, both is good for treating brown. And then there's the Erbium, the CO2 and like the halo laser, right? That's the brand. And mm-hmm. the Fraxel is sort of the mama bear and the CO2 is the papa bear. And those put energy deep enough into the skin that you actually activate the formation of new collagen. So IPL clear and brilliant is going to help with superficial brown and red. Fraxel and then the CO2 is going to help with those deeper lines, like those lines that you get from chronic sun exposure. And Mm -hmm. I love Fraxel. I think it's a great technology. I don't even do it anymore. I'm just like, do clear and brilliance until they aren't holding it. And I'm going to bust your face up with the CO2. And, you know, the downtime's two or three days longer than the Fraxel. Mm It's equivalent to three to five Fraxels and then you're golden for three to five years and they do it again. But it's just, people are like, oh, I'm so scared of the downtime. I'm like, with Fraxel, you have to hide for five to seven days. With a CO2, you have to hide for seven to 10 days and you're gorgeous. Like you're gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So just just do that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, love that. Yeah, I did CO2 under my eyes last April and I loved it. Yeah, and CO2 under your eyes, CO2 with PRP, here, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the only way I cannot be the biggest wrinkly mess is mm. PRP under your eyes really does thicken that skin, makes the brown better. Mm-hmm. But filler underneath your eyes can give you that horrible puffiness and the weird like squinty like yes. cat look. But yeah. PRP just improves the skin texture without changing the beautiful shape of your orbital rim, which you want to keep, right? Mm-hmm. So those technologies together are wonderful. 
Mm-hmm. And then when we start thinking about gravity, right? So that's where people are obsessed with filler is they would rather have cheeks as wide as a truck than have mm-hmm. a jowl because we're all obsessed with our jawline. Mm-hmm. But in the last like two years, so much good stuff has come out to fix gravity that I finally feel like I'm making progress on gravity. My number one is M face, which is radio frequency combined with electromagnetic stimulation. And it contracts your face muscles, your levator face muscles. I think it's like 17,000 times in 20 minutes. And what that does in their most recent study is it removes a cc of volume along your jawline and gives you a cc and a half of volume in your cheek where it used to be. Yeah, look at your face. It's amazeballs, (laughs) right? When people get filler, they get wider here. M face just takes the stuff that's going down and puts it back where it's like a bra for your face. (laughs) It puts it back where it's supposed to go. It is right. <laughs> but, but so you have to do it once a week. You have to do a series of four to get those results. Mm-hmm. And then I have people doing the treatments like once every three to six months to maintain it. And mm-hmm. then they really don't need much filler, right? Maybe mm-hmm. a little bit in their lips if they want it, what have you, but you're able to keep their face contoured the way they want without any downtime. Like there's mm-hmm. no needles, there's no bruising, there's no hiding. And so that really has changed the way I practice. Then there's, have you heard of Elicor? Yes. Okay. So Elicor is the thing where we punch 10,000 holes in your face, right? Mm -hmm. So you have these little needles and you actually punch needles into the skin and remove microcores of the skin. And what that does is it removes somewhere between a half an inch and an inch of skin per side. So that really is like a lower facelift because you're able to tighten this by removing the skin. So you use M-Face to recontour. You use Elicor to redrape. And you can get some very impressive results, but Elicor, you got to wear full face makeup for about a month. Like you, you see the stamps. Mm. It's like, it's a legit downtime procedure. Mm -hmm. And then also, which I think you've also experimented with is like, now we're doing all of this for the body, right? So we can tighten the skin on the body. We can tighten the muscles on the body. We can tighten the pelvic floor. Like there are all of these treatments so that people can sort of look and feel very healthy and put together everywhere, which is awesome. It's just, it's, it's just great where people, there's actually a physicality to it where people stand better. They look better. They're more confident um, because you're building muscle and tightening the skin all over their body. Yeah. Can that skin tightening be, I mean, part of sun damage is creepy skin that's, you know, lost the collagen. Can some of those treatments be used to help with that as well on the body? Yes. So there's M face and then there's something called M sculpt, Neo M sculpt, mm. and that tightens the skin, builds collagen and, and actually reduces fat. So, you know, it used to all be about cool sculpting and then cool sculpting, you know, the risk of getting unwanted fat has become a real, real thing that people are talking about. Mm. And M sculpt will, with four treatments, decrease the amount of fat by 30%, but build the muscle by 25%. And as one of the reasons why you're saying like your skin is looking better, like the reason why JLo and these people as they age skin looks so good is they're maintaining their muscle, Mm -hmm. right? They're maintaining Mm -hmm. the volume. They are not like disappearing into scrawny old ladies. And if you are working out and you have good blood flow to your muscles, you have good blood flow to your skin. And so you have to do that work. And what's fun about M-Sculpt is 
you see the results really quickly. And then going to the gym, it just makes you feel better about working out because you're able to get to your goals faster. And that is, that's something where, you know, we've been doing a lot of it for a couple of years now and people come in, they aren't necessarily doing their series of four anymore, but they're coming in sort of every six months being like, okay, you know, I just, I need to get back into it and I want to see my biceps and it works together as a motivator, as well as just giving people cut muscles that they wouldn't have otherwise, which is Mm -hmm. sort of fun too. What a time to be alive. I always say that. I'm so grateful that I live in this era of all these technological advancements. It really is amazing. And I'm so glad that people are, I think, starting to move away from filler and maybe understanding its role a little more. Like it can be really beautiful to play with shadows or contour a little bit, like just in minimal amounts where you need it. But I think for years, people were using filler to lift and doesn't do that to your point of what you were talking about before. And so I think it's great that we have these technologies that are able to do that. And then like we were saying in the beginning, you know, the filler and the other things are kind of the cherry on top. On top. Well, and you, I think, talked about this on something where like you saw yourself with filler and you're like, wait, that that's not my aesthetic, right? I agree with you. Filler, it has a time and a place, but sort of like sea breezes, the seventies, mm-hmm. I do think that sort of we are coming to the end of the filler era where it's mm-hmm. not going to be the first cho- tool we choose. And it really is, it's amazing to think that we, and that when I say we, I mean providers, are blindly putting needles and cannulas into people's faces, putting a foreign substance in, in pretty high quantities, right? And you know, there are people who are getting six, 10, 15 syringes of filler a year. I, I encourage people, you know, think of this as three or fewer. Right. This is not something where you want to have massive amounts of this foreign body in your face. We saw complications from with COVID and COVID vaccines, all of the nodules. The crazy thing is with Elicor, when I poke holes in people's faces, I have some patients who've been getting filler for 30 years. They're in their 70s and their 80s. And massive amounts of old filler is coming out of the holes, like oh. gel through a sieve. Wow. Like not good. And it's oh actually adding to the weight of their jaw right? So when I get it out, their cheeks pop up because there's so much less weight. And that's filler that has migrated down over the last two or three decades. Mm -hmm. So that has made me sort of much more appreciative of Sculptra, which I think is a wonderful way to volumize and just want to be really ginger in how and where I place filler and what products I'm using, because I don't want it to be a problem. Like if Mm -hmm. someone is spending money with me to maintain an aesthetic, I don't want it to be something I have to then take out 10 years from now. Okay. Well, I have so many more questions, but we're running low on time. So you sent me a lovely note with your skincare prior to the episode, and you said that you couldn't wait to discuss what was worth it and what would skip it. So let's do a rapid fire round of worth it and skip it. So we talked about tretinoin. So I can't use tretinoin. If you can tolerate it, great. Mm-hmm. Some sort of an evening chemical exfoliate, you have to do it if you want to slow aging, but okay. you have to do it everywhere. Like, this is the thing is like, as you age, your skin doesn't feel so smooth. That's because you're not exfoliating. So you need glycolic acid on your arms, on your butt, mm. on your legs, on your face. Like, you got to put it everywhere so that you get to maintain that beautiful, smooth, non crepey skin. Amazing. I never thought of that. Yeah. I'm like, what's the secret for? The body, glycolic. Yeah, you got to do it. Glycolic, you got to do it everywhere. Oh, amazing. Do you have one that you recommend for the body? 
So there's actually a bunch of good ones. Necessaire came out with a great one last year. Drunk Elephant has one that's great. Paula's Choice has one that's great. There's been more and more coming. And the problem is a lot of them aren't that hydrating. So you have to then follow it with a moisturizer on top. If you touch your skin and be like, oh, I don't, I'm not as smooth as I want to be. Don't airbrush, don't scrub, put glycolic acid on it for three days. And you're gonna be like, wow, that worked. I'm excited. Great. Okay. Eye cream. Eye cream. No, don't do it. <laughs> Skip it. So your eye skin is the thinnest skin on your body. It's super sensitive. So you're spending a lot of money for actually fewer ingredients because to pass ocular testing, it has to be really, really gentle stuff. So you're spending $250 on a quarter ounce of something that doesn't do anything. Marilyn Monroe used Vaseline, right? There's just no reason to go down that road. I use my face cream, which is a very, very powerful, fantastic product around my eyes because it's safe, but it has peptides in it. It has niacinamide in it. It has adenosine in it. It has all these things to fight wrinkles, but like why do something here and then something here and then something here? Mm -hmm. Just do something good everywhere. Love it. Threads. No, geez. Okay. So <laughs> I probably take like threads that are popping out of people's faces every mm -hmm. week. I do surgery. Threads mm -hmm. and surgery are the same thing. And I see what we call spitting sutures about one in 20. So 5% of people don't process suture material well. And so that means one in 20 people are not processing the threads well. So there's nothing the matter with you. You're paying a lot of money for something where there's at least a 5% chance of you having an unwanted complication and they don't last that long. So mm -hmm. no. Don't do it. And they're extremely painful. Yeah. I did that when I was naive, beauty naive. Well, thank you because um, you share your stories. This is why I love yeah. you. I'm like, let's talk about it. <laughs> yes. LED masks. Yes, Red definitely. Masks. Buy them. Which one do you like? Them. So I have two. I think the best on the market is Saluma. Okay. And I think, think it's the best on the market for three reasons. It um, is a long, low treatment. So the problem with these treatments that only last for like three minutes is it's too much energy. It actually freaks out your skin cells and can like dry them out because it's too much energy too quickly. Mm. So Luma has identified this like perfect little window where it delivers it over 30 minutes and it has multiple different wavelengths that have been proven to help your skin. And it's a panel. So you can use it on your face, on your neck, on your chest. Like I can put it on my knees while I'm like typing and help fight mm -hmm. the wrinkly skin there. <laughs> so I love it for that, but it's like two grand. Mm -hmm. And the one I like is the Saluma Pro and they don't pay me. I just, this is the one I like and I sell it at my office and it's wonderful. The one that's a little bit more affordable is the Omnilux Contour. They have really good, uh, that one's great. I think I've seen you using that. So that one is much more affordable. It's only 10 minutes. And so for those of us that are hyperactive, you can be on your phone, you can be on your computer and you can still use it. And it has the most powerful of the wavelengths in it. So that's the one I travel with. That's the one I have people start with. And then if they want to sort of go to the next level, I have them go to the Saluma. Amazing. Oh, and what it does. So the photons, so the light energy or photons, those photons are absorbed by the skin cells into something called the mitochondria. The mitochondria makes energy called ATP and your skin cells have more food to do stuff. So pretty much what you're doing is you're making your cells act like they were better fed or you were younger. So they turn over more quickly. So what you will notice is if you do the Saluma twice a week for a month, or you do the Omnilex every other day for a month, at the end of that month, you're going to notice that your skin is uh, more resilient, more uniform in color. Like it helps with both red and brown, mm -hmm. it decreases the size of pores, but it makes it more resilient. You'll be able to use more tretinoin or, 
more glycolic acid because the skin is actually healthier. It's really cool. I also have people use it after procedures. So after I CO2 mm-hmm. laser them, I have them do that to help speed the healing process. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, I could just talk to you all evening, but we can do it again. <laughs> time. Yes, I'm really I'm coming to visit you, but tell everybody where they can find you and where they can uh, learn more about your skincare and all of that. My Instagram handle is Dr. Heather Rogers. My skincare line is Dr. Rogers, where doctor is spelled out. Every Sunday I do AMA and I just answer people's questions. I get somewhere between 50 and 100 questions and I'll answer anything you want about any subject. I also have a YouTube channel where I'm also, (laughs) my favorite thing about my YouTube channel is I recently got a question or a statement being like, this is really good information. Why don't you have more followers? (laughs) So I I just- Everybody go follow Everybody go follow me on YouTube. But no, I I am lucky to be very good at my job and I love to support the patient. And I think where I'm really unusual is that I have decided that I will not be in bed with any company. I am not paid by any company to recommend things. I go out and do my own research and then speak what I consider the truth. And so I don't know, even my best friends in Durham, I don't know anyone else who's like that. It's much easier to get a big following if you just get in bed with someone, but I refuse Mm -hmm. to do that. And one of the reasons why I wanted to hang out with you was like, you speak the truth. And I feel like there's a very small group of us who are willing to do that. And then the consumer can decide what they want to do. But I want to help get real accurate information out there instead of like, yes, it's worth it. It's the best. It doesn't hurt. Because like none of that's true ever, right? Like (laughs) there's always a catch with every single procedure. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the frankness. I really do. And I think the listeners will too. And I think that your social media is, or you're a wealth of knowledge and you have a lot of the information on your social media as well. So everybody go follow Dr. Rogers and we'll do something again soon. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. You can go to ariellaurie.com. And I'm always posting about each episode over on my personal page at ariellaurie. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.